There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Nebraska Preps postgame wrap-up. I'm Damon Benning. That's Jacob Padilla, one of the best in the business. Just doing a quick recap, bringing you high school sports, letting you know how Friday night went in your town. Uh, Jacob, one of those games tonight. (laughs) Yeah, we... One uh, one of those games. Yeah, we both decided to uh, check out the same game tonight. Went over there to Omaha Scut, um, watched the Skyhawks take on the Gretna Dragons, the undefeated Gretna Dragons, and... uh, Gretna pulled out a uh, tight one at the end there. Tail of two halves. The game's, game was completely different from first half to second half. Yeah, that was kind of strange, right? Yeah. The two dominant players in the first half kind of had to find their way in the second half. Zane Flores for Gretna and Sam Scott for Omaha Scott. Um, Sam Scott, huge first half, right? 11 for 225. He's got three touchdowns, yeah. and he's got things rolling for Scott and then on Gretna's end, Sam Flores, who... Oh, Zane Flores, yeah. <laughs> Zane. I say Sam is in Sam Scott. Yeah. Zane Flores, who, again, we've talked about him last week. A guy that I've seen for the last four years now <laughs> continues to get better. Right. He's something else. Yeah, first half, 20-25 for 253 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he was just slinging all over the place. He he had one or two close misses too, but he could easily had another touchdown there, another fifty yards on there. Yeah, um, he was just on point, real good zip on the ball coming out. He uh has some really good uh, receivers to throw to, and they put him in good situations. So um, it, it was impressive the way he can um can kind of control the whole field and make all the throws. He's talented. It's almost like you forget that he's a sophomore, right? I, yeah they're signaling in place from the sidelines and he's kind of got the autonomy to work with it. He's barking out signals. He's got tremendous command of that offense. And like you said, he's got weapons galore with Silman and, and Alexander and, and Trevor Marshall. Trevor today Marshall is kind of the one yeah. that really, uh, really, uh, he went off, especially in the first half. He had, uh, 123 of those yards and all three touchdowns from Flores were to Marshall, and he's a really good athlete. And one they used all every oh, bit yeah. of real estate that they had on the football Ooh, field. Man. Yeah, it's a, a toe touch. You got the right foot in in the back corner of the end zone. Yeah, uh, about 20, 22 yarder. About the only place he could was, go yeah, get it. That was right in front of us too. Fl- it was fl- a Flores pass. dropped it in the bucketers. You know, I, I, folks will say what they want about Scott and that secondary, but they had their hands full yeah. tonight with a very um, versatile offense. And uh, you mentioned uh, Flores youth. They got down. They got punched in the face right off the that bat. 14 nothing. Yeah, right. 14 nothing. <laughs> Sam never, Scott's going ham. Gretna has not been in that situation this year. They've never, I, I don't believe, I don't know if they've trailed at any point this year. Yeah. They, they've uh, played from the lead pretty much all season. And, man, just, Sam, yeah, like you said, Sam's got right off the, the bat two giant uh, touchdown runs. And now you're staring at a two-touchdown deficit. They didn't didn't panic, didn't uh, didn't worry. They just continued to kind of do what they do. And uh, Flores threw it all around the yard. Uh, again, efficient with it, putting the ball where it needed to be. And they're able to 
um, kind of get lock in a little bit better defensively there, not allow as many breakdowns and um, and we're able to kind of get the lead heading in halftime there. Yeah, really impressed with Gretna front along that offensive line. I don't believe they've given up a sack all year long. Didn't give up one tonight. Uh, kept Flores clean, and uh, they've they've got weapons. Yeah. Uh, and, they've they've got yeah. a lot of weapons, and then we talked about second half is completely different. Uh, Flores two for five. Um, it turned into the Nick Huber yeah, show, right? Exactly. So they're spacing out the the scut defense all first half, throwing it all over the yard. Second half, they come out, run it right up the gut with Mick Huber, and uh, credit to that, like you said, the interior of that offensive line opened up holes for him, and then he was running tough. He had some really good runs there, kind of ran through some some contact. Uh, a couple different times and picked up some really nice gains. So really good job by Coach Kale and that staff at Gretna, kind of self scouting uh, all week, even through the first half. You know, I'm thinking in my head, you know, Gretna doesn't even really run the ball between the tackles. It's it's a lot of outside zone. Yeah. It's sweep. It's 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 sweep keep, and then they throw the football and and I think you know Omaha Scott kind of figured that out as well, really neutralizing the run game in the first half, and then lo and behold. Huber runs wild in the second half, and a lot of it was was tackle to tackle with downhill run game, and I think it was a little wrinkle for both teams. Yeah, and then defensively, Gretna uh, credit to them; they really settled in after a really shaky start. They they uh, were able to kind of bounce um, Scott outside a couple of times without giving the, the cutback lane. I mean, one of those touchdowns he had sixty six yards ran all the way to the left sideline. Shook off a couple guys, ran all the way up to the right yeah. sideline, and up to the touchdown for sixty six yards. Like. Second half, he didn't have a whole lot of room to run, and every time he was getting out to perimeter, someone was there to meet him. So he ended up with only 22 yards on 13 carries in the second half. Yeah, and after going to, what yeah. would we say, 11 for 225 yeah. in the first half. He did add a one-yard one, one yard touchdown, but that was their only score of the second half. Yeah, it was kind of – I thought it was interesting. You know, and I think in high school, you want to you be conventional and, and, and play the game within the game, and – I felt like Scott kind of settled for the field goal opportunity yeah. as opposed to kind of staying with what they had going offensively. Uh, you know, they threw the hitch, uh, you know, the quick stick route on first down, kind of got behind the sticks. Yeah. They put themselves in, uh, you know, a third and four. Scott gets two. It's fourth and two. <laughs> You're on the left hash. I think they felt comfortable with that hash. Uh, and uh, just wide left. Yeah. Yeah, they had uh, – uh, what about three minutes to go or so in that, that field goal attempt, they had a chance to tie it and credit their defense. They got to stop, uh, got the yeah. ball back with two minutes to go. D- didn't jump on a fourth yeah. and one. I, and as yeah. a matter of fact, Gretna, it was, they, they, they were close to jumping <laughs> yeah, though. The procedure called. Yeah. You see all the Everybody pointing both ways. Yeah. And uh, it turns out to be fourth and six Gretna punts and they get another crack at it. Yeah. And unfortunately they started moving the wrong direction and the game ended with a fourth and 33 bad snap fumble that Gretna recovered and were able to kind of get in victory formation to close it out. But yeah, that, that defense really stepped up down the end there. Um, they took two deep shots. Um, one of them uh, had a chance. There was a little yeah, bit of guys kind of, yeah, yeah, just um, a little long, a little bit off, but, and that's kind of one of the things there's uh, Scott, you kind of know what they are. Um, they're going to run at you. Um, they weren't quite as explosive on the perimeter. Um, didn't have uh, Jay and Arkfeld had some nice plays out yeah. there, but weren't a lot of uh, wide receivers out there kind of getting open and uh, passing game wasn't quite in sync. Um, they didn't complete many passes uh, yeah. tonight at all. So that holding was kind on of to, Holding on to difference. the football a little too long yeah. at the quarterback yes. spot. Becker's still trying to get acclimated. Yeah. I felt like 
For what Scott was playing with along the offensive line, a lot of second unit and, and almost junior varsity yeah. kind of guys, four starters missing along that offensive line, found a way to hang in there. Yeah, and good uh, good work by those Scott coaches, kind of coaching those guys up, especially that line coach over there. Yeah, he does a good job. One of the guys I really like, I don't know if it's Weepin' or Wipin', it's W-E-I-P-E-N, 72, just a sophomore. Uh, got a chance to be a really good player for him all, Scott. And, and that's the thing about Scott is – playing without so many of the guys they have, they've been able to build up depth and kind of get guys ready for the future more so than right now. So now you've got some options moving forward. Hopefully you can get to um, somewhat full strength by the time you hit the postseason. But they've had a tough schedule and they've had to do it, like you said, shorthanded. So um, tough loss for them, but it's lost to a Class A team. Um, they went toe-to-toe with them. Um, Scuts still, I think, every, good, every bit as good as we, we thought they were. Um, they just didn't come out on the, the right end of this one. How about the emotional kind of lift and the uptick for Gretna? They've got it, they had to get over the hump a little bit. Scott had kind of had their way with them uh, the last couple of years, and it's a, it's a very proud program. And I think c- folks kind of knocked their schedule a little bit, and they said, okay, yeah. we don't feel like we're getting a, a whole lot of respect. And I felt like it was a big step for Gretna yes. tonight to answer the dinner bell after getting down yeah. 14 nothing early and kind of showing a little resolve, a little moxie, a little savvy. Yeah, and uh, talked to Coach Kale afterward, and he um, he agreed. Like, this was a it was big for them heading into this stretch run because yeah, Gretna's got tough. the toughest last two weeks of anybody in Class A right now. You got Elkhorn South next week, and then you wrap it up with Lincoln Southeast. So um, they're 6 0 right now. Yeah. Uh, they're really going to have to earn and it if they're going to get any more wins the rest of the year. Loss, yeah. Right? Is, so uh, when we'll go through the scores, Elkhorn South runs rough shot over Belly's 59 7. And Southeast has the late game. They're up, what, 28-6 heading into the fourth quarter? Yeah, 28-3 might have been. Yep. So in control of that one firmly, kind of wrapping that one up. So we we run through, we'll start with a kind of a recap of the scores. Uh, Westside handles Millard North uh, 44-14. Got out to a 20 to nothing lead in that one. And, you know, Millard North battled back, found a way to get it to 27-14 and you know what? That's the thing about Westside. When they're operating on all cylinders, they are really, really hard to beat. But they have kind of these four or five minute lulls where I think sometimes, you know, they give up a cheapy score. Uh, and, and I know Coach Freundnet, staff, Coach Haberman, those guys will continue to work on that. They they were impressive. Uh, Elkhorn South, we reference, gets the big win, fifty nine seven over over Bellevue East, and uh, the the top ten kind of remains intact. Prep. With an impressive win. They get on the bus. They travel four hours. <laughs> they go to the ground and pound. Bulldogs at North Platte find a way to win that one 24-7 and kind of a well, – it seems to be a little bit of a grudger. Yeah, and I, that that was a big win, big win for prep last week to kind of – after the tough start to the season, the tough schedule – to, to get that win over Millard West last week, that comeback and allowed it to uh, kind of carry that over into this next week with they go out and take care of business, um, do yeah. what they should do. And which is it? That's, important. Good That's a good yeah. point you made, right? Cause you had the emotional win last week. Everybody's like, Whoa, you know, 26 point comeback. You find a way to win. You're reading the newspaper. Fingertips probably still have a little yeah. ink on them. And they, they make the bus trip. Yeah. You got preparation, you have travel, you still have to social distance. You're, you're figuring out a way Who's on what yeah. van? Who's on what what bus? Um, Good recipe know. for another slow start, right? <laughs> and uh, they they found a way to get it done. So um, they, they're they're on the uptick. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, with kind of the 
having to quarantine, missing a week there. They've missed to, a lot of football, yeah. a lot of stop and start for coming out playing great prep, playing the best team in the state week one and kind of getting uh, getting um, uh, kind of knocked in the knocked in the face right there, right out the gates, and and then you have to. He said, have that delay. So for them to kind of get rolling here, that'll be good for them heading into the postseason here is um, what they got Northeast and Papio South to close out the year. So they've got a chance to kind of get on a roll here heading into the the state tournament. Yeah, feeling pretty good, maybe with a chance at two straight wins. Papio South struggling. Uh, They took a loss tonight to – uh, who they have? They had Grand Island. Yes. Right, and a Tight close one. one. Yeah, lost it in the fourth quarter. I believe they were up uh, going in the fourth and gave up a touchdown or gave up a score and lost it. Yeah, and we saw Millard West having to go young at the quarterback spot. Yeah. And that's what I worried about last week, seeing uh, Jacob Jones go down. It didn't look like a good injury. He needed help to get off the field. Um, and that's a team that <laughs> they've had a brutal schedule. Really ha- had some heartbreaking schedule. losses. And, and now you got to, depending on – how serious that injury is you get you got to go even younger at quarterback too so um it's kind of just a lot of things going against millard west this year but um they're a tough team they're gonna keep battling yeah gutsy lincoln east team we we talked about them a little last week i really liked the trajectory of that program really good at the quarterback spot finding ways to win they've played a tough schedule in their own right and they 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 won a close one tonight. Found a way to get it done over a really really good, or excuse me, a really well coached Millard West team. Yeah, and and again, Lincoln East is we talked about last one, kind of that that one of those intriguing teams that aren't necessarily in that top tier, kind of but be a headache. Yeah, they've got for some teams, right? It, it'll be interesting to see kind of how um, this uh, committee seeds and figures out the, the top eight seeds here once we go uh, head into the postseason because obviously they get the buy and. There are a few teams there down at the seven, eight, nine range that are all kind of you could see ending up in any uh, any order there. So uh, this is big close to the season, and it like, is. And he's got uh, has um, North Platte and then Northeast to kind of close that year. So again, another team you go out and take care of business against North Platte, you got a chance to kind of get on a little roll heading into the postseason here. And it, and it gets interesting, right? And we saw a couple of tweets uh, from from Coach Huffman uh, tonight. Not exactly overjoyed about what's going on uh, on social media pretty disappointed you know he you know he understands there'll be some teams that'll play eight nine games meanwhile Bellevue West could be one of those teams that's playing right around five yeah was really five (laughs) with the happy medium of uh you know wanting everybody to get into the playoffs and kind of reseed he's he's disappointed in how that season is going up to this point but trying to find a way to keep his guys focused and I think we were kind of agree in agreement in Class A. There's there's West Side and Bellevue West. Then there's a space. Yeah. Then it's Millard South, Elkhorn South, Lincoln Southeast, and whatever order you want to put. And then it's kind of everybody else, right? It it is starting to really establish itself in terms of tiers. Now the one team that has a chance to kind of put a, put a little bit of a wrinkle in that nice permanent press is Gretna. Yeah. We'll see what happens next week with Gretna coming off the big win against Omaha Scut, where they get a chance to take on Elkhorn South. Yeah, that's you, you go in there and take out uh, Elkhorn South. You got a chance to put yourself right up there in that three, yeah, three, you, four, yeah, five spot. You change like, the yeah. discussion quite a bit. You find a way to win that one. Yeah, and then your reward is getting to close it out against uh, Southeast, another team that's yeah, another, it's another tough <laughs> really team. talented. So yeah, you, you jump over to B. Blair gets the big win. Ron Colley. 
Listen, that, that schedule has been very unforgiving. They take it on the chin tonight, 42-7. Grand Island Northwest. And, an, and a nice little bounce back, 24-7 uh, over Seward. Bennington. That's a dangerous football team. Yeah. Right? You felt like they were right there back and forth with Scott. Uh, they hammer South Sioux City tonight, 40-3. to Elkhorn gets the big win over Mount Michael, 48 nothing. And then the game that I almost went to, yeah. it was the one on the docket. Norris hangs on <laughs> to, to win at Plattsmouth, 29-26. Plattsmouth apparently is for real. Yeah, that's... You talked about that that running attack, yeah. and yeah, man, man Manessa's downhill he, dude is just an absolute monster, yeah. racking up yards I, I after yards. I like yard. to call him Little Pocket Hercules. He's <laughs> built low to the ground, and and uh, he spends quite a bit of time in the weight room. Twenty nine, twenty six. That would have been a big one, but I tell you, Carney and Company, James Carney for yes. for Norris. Boy, they're different along the outside, right? They go six three, six four, six two. A lot of long, big bodies out there. Yeah, and you got um, C.J. Hood out there, Carney, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, multiple guys, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, like across the board. And then that, uh, Cooper Houseman, uh, again, that, that kid, <laughs> call. He's, got, he's got something to his game. Yeah. Like he, He's able to kind of uh, swing around the yard a little bit and uh, make some plays with his feet uh, and his arm. And um, he's kind of a fun player to watch. Yeah, so I, I think if you're Plattsmith, Coach Desuris and that oh, Gruden, yeah. nothing to really no. hang your hat about, right? Because – you know your schedule. Now their schedule <laughs> ramps up and yeah. gets hectic in a hurry as well. Yeah, and they got got Waverly next week. And, man, that, that's a huge game. If if uh, Plasma is able to go out and get a win there, you kind of – now you're not the team that's just kind of down here that people are wondering about. You firmly entrench yourself in yeah, that Yeah, because Waverly's group. coming off the win tonight. Yeah, and uh, that's the team that knocked off Scott earlier in the year. And that's <laughs> all these teams in Class B, it seems like – all one-loss teams have all beat each other, won two losses, and they've all beat each other. And so um, it's going to be real fun down the stretch here in Class B. I think right now in B, I'm settling in on Elkhorn. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of settling in on Elkhorn as that complete team. Now we'll see what happens when they get when Scott gets their offensive line back with Sam Scott. Uh, Elkhorn didn't see that the, the, the first yeah. time around. So yeah, we'll see what happens. And then – Hastings is the one team that I'm still kind of really what are they're the one team that isn't playing the rest of the top teams and be the, right. uh, the rest of them. They're all the Omaha Lincoln area ish. They all play each other. Hastings saw, saw is, them hammer yeah. North star, which yeah. seems like almost eons ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that week they, zero game. Yeah, yeah. When they put in work early. So, I mean, but, Hastings is raising their hands and Hey, don't hey, forget about anytime us. you got a quarterback like cynic out there, like dude can make plays feet, arm, yeah. throw it all over the place. And they've got some speedsters on the outside. True too, dual, so. th dual threat, yeah. right They're They're probably the closest. Some people say this about Gretna, but I didn't quite get the sense tonight. Hastings is probably the closest to the basketball on grass. <laughs> Just with the way that they play. Yeah, no doubt. You go back to – I want to go back to this this Scott-Gretna game. If you're Gretna, you know that you're playing in A. You were really good up front tonight. You felt like you held your own. You kept Flores clean. What do you think this does for them emotional-wise, psychologically, as they as they get into you know a couple final tough games? But you had to get over that Scott yeah. hump, right? I mean, it's kind of like that – Kind of like that ghost in the rearview mirror. Yeah, and uh, and you mentioned, you've talked about this before, kind of how they went young last year, kind of took it on the chin a little bit, but with the goal in mind, hey, next year we've got a chance to 
really kind of make a push here. And now we're seeing that they got off, they took care of business first few weeks, uh, beat all the teams they should be. And now we're able to pull out a close win and make some big plays down the stretch. Um, and, and that'll be huge. Like, they've got multiple players. They got sophomores, juniors, and seniors uh, playing big roles for them. So it's not like this is a veteran laden team. So anytime you can get these kind of experiences and come out on top, that's huge for you moving forward. If you're Omaha, Scott, you kind of you're trying to reload a little bit. Yeah. You know you'll be healthy, healthier next week. You felt like you maybe let one get away this week. How do you how do you kind of think that they recover? Yeah, and we got Ralston next week, and um, you know you always know, got a conference rivalry there. And um, you're gonna I, see I another think, good running yeah, back. Yeah, I, I think Ralston's definitely gonna have their uh, attention for sure with uh, Rashad Madden kind of coming off what he did against Elkhorn North and what he's done all year long. So th- um, I think they're gonna be able to. Uh, those coaches will get him ready to go, uh, and they'll they'll uh, you got you got to move on again. It's you lost to a Class A team. Now let's get back down to our class, take care of business in Class B, and kind of build towards that Elkhorn game at the end of the season. Let me jump back to Class A here just for a second. If you know the the top seeds will get the bye, you may or may not have played a full slate in terms of your schedule. <laughs> if you're a team like Bell West, let's say you you almost don't want the bye, do you? I mean, yeah. how, how, not, how do you think, you, how would you negotiate that bye week if you're a team that hasn't played a full schedule? Yeah, that's that's the toughest thing is, and uh, I, I talked to Hoffman about it uh, right after they announced it, and he was like, yeah, at most, they nine games is their cap at this point, at most, and that's if they make it all the way to the, the championship game. So that, that's a normal regular season in a regular year. And that's, that's the most they can get with the postseason. So, and you look at, they got a banged up Millward West team and then Columbus team to kind of close out the year. So they've already got their toughest tests in the toughest tests, I guess, in, in the rear, rear view mirror here, mirror here. So they're going to have to, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they handle those practices. And Huffman told uh, uh, how varsity's Aaron Sorensen after their last win um, that they've kind of become experts at handling that bye week because they've had to deal with it so, uh, so many times already. So um, you're going to have to be able to kind of get go good on good that week, um, get, give yourself a chance as much as you can kind of with your scout team and really get after it uh, without kind of making sure you well, keep your kids safe and don't want to kind of risk any kind of injury going into the postseason. But you're going to have to give yourself a good look there in that, in that bye week. Yeah, you, you're just finding a way to get the L.J. Richardsons of the world going and we were talking last week and, and a little bit on, on our morning show. seems like there's been the emergence of the running backs again. You know, yeah. for a while we were wondering it was wide receiver heavy and where had all the good running backs gone. Where did you put Huber tonight in the in the of the of the DJ Rezacs and the Ben Warrens and the uh, the Cole Ballards and the LJ Richardsons and there, there's a there's some really good running the Manessis. Yeah. Uh, of the world at Plattsmith, where where'd you see Huber fitting in in, in that discussion? The Sam yeah. Scotts, yeah. And so tonight, uh, he they didn't really try to run it very much in the first half. Second half, he he was impressive how hard he was running. He ran through some kind of arm tackles, got some extra yardage. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if he's kind of got everything to his game that you might see with some of those other top guys that have that are kind of put up the numbers 
Um, kind of those they have long, for a reason. Yeah, home where, run hitters. Yeah, the, the, the breakaway threats, the guys that can get out on the perimeter. But he is a tough runner, and he earned his yards tonight. Again, running through contact. They, they opened up some big holes for him to, uh, to get a kind of head of steam going, and he was able to finish those, wrongs, those runs strongly. So uh, if they can kind of keep that going, that'll be huge for them kind of keeping teams balanced because if you do have to deal with that running back threat, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up with all those receivers without, um, um, without kind of giving yourself – uh, putting yourself in some bad spots and we got a little bit of rain tonight it was a cool <laughs> fall night i felt like it was ideal for football next week it, i think it's it's Back gonna warm 80, up yeah. again right <laughs> is, is there a team out there or two that you think must have nice weather well um that's a good question uh we, we saw what happened with west side in the in the state uh yeah, really final neutral, last year really that, neutralized it. yeah never really kind of had a chance there to get going, but now we're seeing kind of with the uh, Rezat getting going here yeah, uh, with the quarterback yeah, run had, game. Had a had yeah. finding way to run the football a lot, a little better. bit more balanced. Yeah, so um, I, I think probably uh, Gretna is one that you definitely want to have um, the ability to kind of do what you do and not have to deal with snow and rain and that kind of stuff. Um, any of these teams that like to air it out, Hastings obviously, is probably yeah. one of those yeah. teams. I have to watch sure. them play North Star, but I think the. Mother Nature's been ex- she's been extremely fickle. We go ninety last week, yeah. fifty and rainy this week. Fortunately, the rain held off until the very end, about right. halfway through the fourth quarter, started coming a little bit. But and then we're right back up to eighty next week. How, how do you fall in Nebraska? You see any of these teams needing to really vamp, ramp up their special teams a little bit to give themselves a chance to win in what could be, especially in B, very tightly contested. Yeah, and that's kind of the kicking game um, wasn't super strong tonight. Uh, no, for yeah. either side. And Gretna did get the one thirty-yard uh, field goal to to go in there. So that, that I thought was that was big at the yeah, half. That was the difference. That was I felt like that was big for morale too, because again they're still trying to cross that emotional yeah. hump too. But you see both these teams all starting with good field position most of the time. Um, there were very few touchbacks. Uh, most of the kicks were short have a chance to either get off a good return or just catch it and go down in good field goal position. So that's something that um, you're going to, that's going to make a difference if you get uh, into the postseason against a team with a stronger kicking game that can make you go 80 yards every single time down there. You, you saw prep last week. They're, you know, trying to f- sort their way through three quarterbacks, Millard West uh, playing through some injured quarterbacks, obviously West side. Solid at the quarterback spot. Lincoln East, solid at the quarterback spot. Uh, Gretna, solid at the quarterback spot. Then you look at Omaha Scott tonight. We're watching quarterback play. How important do you think the development at the quarterback spot will be for them if they want to be a player and be down the stretch? Absolutely. That's going to be huge for them because obviously we know <laughs> Sam Scott showed what he can do today. Um, the dude is just an absolute monster. And then hopefully uh, Barrett Liebentritt, we saw him go down late in the game. Hopefully that's not too serious because he was running hard in that second half. So with that two-headed running uh, attack there, um, you got to be able to kind of open teams up and loosen them up uh, with through the air. And that's kind of what we saw in the second half is Gretna really keyed on that running game and Scott wasn't able to make him pay. So um Caden Becker, he's going to have to kind of settle in there and he's going to get need to get a little bit more help from his receivers on the outside. Um, Jay and Arkfeld had a couple of nice catches today or a couple of nice plays out there, but they need to get a little bit more explosive on the perimeter, and that's a combination of receivers getting open and getting downfield, and then him, uh, Becker, making getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker. I think he held the ball um, a bit 
too long uh, tonight. The couple sacks there um, got uh, one or two passes tipped. Um, so that's partially on him. And then also I'm sure the receivers, um, they're going to have to, uh, get open a little bit quicker for him too. So that, that pass, uh, that'll kind of make the difference for them. If you're able to get an effective passing attack to go with that rushing attack, they're going to be a completely different team. Once we get to the postseason. let's take that kind of that three, four, five group with Elkhorn South, Millard South and, and Southeast, right? Uh, they kind of have some similarities, you know, Southeast is going to come at you. It's not overly fancy, very fundamentally sound. Elkhorn South and Millard South, we saw them play to a one-score game, and it came down to a last-minute possession. Who needs to develop the passing game the most, in your opinion, or at least another dimension? Is it Krause at Elkhorn South? Is it is it Urban uh, at Millard South? Is it Southeast with uh, maybe getting the ball to Applegate a little bit more? Who who who? How do you kind of sort that out in your head? I think uh, probably Southeast um, just because of the weapons they've got out on the perimeter. Um, I think you look at um, Millard South and Elkhorn South and their best athletes are running backs or running quarterbacks. So um, those teams I think can thrive a little bit more with that. But Southeast, you've got Applegate, you've got a guy like Tavion Thompson, who's a tough player on the outside too, can make some plays offensively. So they've got some receivers out there. Um, so if you're able to really kind of put them, them in position to dominate there, um, they've got a chance to uh, um, they not only have to grind out these wins, be able to kind of really put up some uh, some points as well. So I think the development there, just because of kind of the, the skill sets of the players around the quarterback, um, would probably be the most important for their teams. Uh, let's let's start in Class B. How would you rank if you had to today? One through six. <laughs> one through six. Uh, whew. Probably would you go Elkhorn one? I, I I think I think that's that's fair. Just kind of talked about last week, just how how deep they are in, in town in terms of playmakers at every level uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, so that's fair, and I think you you've got to at this point Hastings. They've taken care of business. They beat everybody that's on their schedule, and they've done it convincingly. I think you've got to give them credit and put them up there as well. So I'd probably go one two there, and then we're getting into. You got Norris, Norris Scott, yeah. Plattsmith. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably the order that I would go. Honestly, is it um, ben, so Bennington? Pl- yeah, I was gonna say Plattsmith, Bennington, Waverly. Kind of those three, I think, are in that mix after um, that. Elkhorn kind of makes Hastings, you wonder what a healthy group, Bennington would get you, right? Yeah, and they're dangerous. Yeah. and they're well coached. So um, hopefully th- th- we can. Uh, get a little bit healthier here down the stretch. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the thing we want. Everybody be healthy by the time we, we got what two uh, two three ish weeks, depending on what class right. you're in here. Less of the regular season. Ish. Let's hope. Let's try to get everybody as health healthy as possible, so we can kind of go out there and see everybody's best. Now maybe A is a little bit easier, right? In some order, it's it's Bell West, West Side, West Side, Bell West. So we know that they're two. Then it seems like three, four, five are are right there. How do you sort three through five? Yeah. Um, so the tough part about um, three through five is there. You've got Millard South beat Elkhorn South, but Elkhorn South is a little bit different now than they were back when they played that game. Um, they're a little bit healthier. They got some of their, their better players back. So is this Elkhorn South the same team that Millard South beat? 
I don't know. Um, but so I, I, for I, some reason, yeah. I think a lot of that is on the development of Krause. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because back when I watched that game, they Krause barely played in the second half. Yeah. They ended up going with with the other quarterback there. Um, they were playing two quarterbacks early in, in the season. I mean, so. they've kind of settled in with Dylan. So I, he's intriguing because yeah. he's a really good athlete. And then obviously, Makai Nelson Douglas is a difference maker. And having him back they, out there, can you believe they had to go so long without him? Yeah. And Bo Weister was out for a week or two there. Like they, that, that's a lot of talent uh, at, at linebacker there and some playmakers. So um, I, I think you give Millard South the the kind of the Slide nod edge. just now. But Elkhorn with a rematch, I'd be I'd love to see a rematch of that game. But you probably go Millard South and then Elkhorn South, uh, and then Southeast is right there as well. And then I think Gretna would probably be um, maybe that next team. How do you, how did you kind of parse through Gretna and prep, seeing them back to back weeks? Yeah, so I, um, seeing Gretna and just the way Flora is played and um, prep, they're so up and down, I think, especially at that quarterback spot. Um, seeing them be really good, seeing them struggle with that. So I, I think I, I probably feel a little bit um, more confident in um, Gretna at this point. I know prep's got the ability to be really good. It's just we haven't seen it consistently yet. So maybe tonight was a step towards that, kind of going out and getting a, a nice controlling win out there at North Platte. That's why he's one of the best in the business. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm Damon Benning. We appreciate you being with us tonight. And remember, it's Nebraska Preps postgame. Um, stay with us. We'll be back next week. We'll have a lot more for you. We'll give you the rundown. We'll flip coins and see who goes to what game. We'll try to separate this thing unless it's just a no-brainer like it was this past week. But, hey, appreciate your listen. Back next week. A Huda Media Production.